Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on cranberry.fm, formerly webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. Hello, my friend. I'm still getting used to those, <laughs> those, those words, but yes, we have a new home, cranberry.fm. <laughs> yes, we do, Cranberry Radio. It's going to be interesting. Yes. So I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 nice to have a little change now and then. And in this case, everyone who's listening, you won't have any problems finding the show. If anything, there I think they may even do a better job of even getting on more platforms. And other than that, there's really no difference. Just a new name, new look, and lots of stuff coming down the pipe, as I understand. But that's all under wraps. Uh, some good stuff, though. Very cool. So tell me, because I know you talked to the talk to our producers and, and Brandy about this. Who is Cranberry Radio? Who's that backed by? Somebody's done something. I can't remember his name. David McGinnis. He was I, I formerly one of the head dudes at PR Web. I thought he started it. I'm a little nice. concerned. I, I don't know about that much stuff about that. But yeah, nice well, enough guy. And, well, that uh, sounds like good pedigree there. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was happy to keep us going and you know we weren't getting fired so that was a good thing <laughs> can, can we get fired from this i didn't know that i might have to i might have to actually start straightening up a little bit Wow, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know why would they get rid of us amazing our amazing followers too because that would pretty much shut them down anyway no nice. big changes otherwise so just the name so there you go. So, so, so everybody will be able to get us where they've always heard us before. No changes there. Um, I, I, the one thing that I'm kind of excited about when they when they actually do get the new website going, they're going to be using um, Spotify as the player on the website, which is going to be so much better than the player that's been on our current website for a long time. So that's going to be really nice for people that actually use the website to listen to the show. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's great. And I know they're going to work on getting us on the Google Play for a podcast now which is cool that's a recent launch as of last week we're looking at getting our first dot dentist podcast on there as well yeah so lots of stuff going on and, I guess and, and necessarily a lot of stuff going on in the industry though this week no <laughs> no excellent segue we we <laughs> we were looking at all this stuff going, oh man what are we gonna talk about well, we got some stuff and you know what we, we can groove a bit here well <laughs> let's just talk about stuff but whatever so first we of can all always I, vamp yeah, Van, thank you. There's a good word. Uh, John's thought on the Penguin update. I mentioned the Penguin update today, and it's got a good sigh and grumble from John. So I thought, oh, let's have more of that. Gary Isles yeah. from Google Go was on. saying that the next Penguin update may be the last. Well, when are we even going to see one? I mean, how many way? Like, how many months is it overdue? I am so sad for the people that got nailed by it the first time, or the second time, I guess. Oh, they've been waiting forever. It's like saying the next live unicorn hunt will be the last. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> now, what they're saying here, of course, is the Google Next Penguin update may be the last. First of all, I was surprised this, this is even a, a question. The Penguin update, we've all been kind of waiting for it to be a rolling update like Panda. 
the fact that it even came up as a question that it might not be the last. I mean, by saying it may be the last, also kind of hints that it might not be. So it's like, will be the last update. Okay, that's like saying, you know, the last time Google ever updates their algorithm or the last time any of the data changes. It doesn't matter if it's the last update. The data that's associated with this algorithm will be continually changing all the time. It's a weird way to talk about this. It really is. Yeah, and the question, I guess, is what I, that I'm bringing up here is, um, and again, just because it, it was tweeted by Gary, this is now everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> is is the fact again that they're even bringing this up because I would have thought well yes of course it's the last after this it's going to be rolling right like why is that even a question makes me worried that they're going to be another manual update again after this which would be a flipping nightmare it goes back to Dave Davies Rick roll of the penguin update we need to be playing that music in the background like <laughs> like Jim and Dave do <laughs> go. anyway what do you think When's the next update? It's going to be on my birthday in September. I think they're waiting for my birthday. <laughs> there you go. That'd be a wonderful birthday present, wouldn't it? Yes, yes. Or they're going to wait for me to go on vacation because they always do these kind of things when I leave and go on vacation. That's what they're waiting on. Ah. Well, a lot of people are saying, go the hell on a vacation. Now. Go. Get off the air. Go. You know, you know. I should start. I should start a GoFundMe page and get people to pay for my vacation. I might be able to go somewhere cool if it's tied to the penguin update. You just got to sell something crazy like a napkin with a picture of I don't know Homer Simpson on it from a coffee stain, and people will fund you. <laughs> Say that you want to frame it. It's, or something. You know, I, know. I, I tell you what, I probably have a much better chance of meeting my goal of, with, of a Homer Simpson napkin stain sale than Penguin coming out the next month. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll hold you to that. Okay. So you've mentioned here that there's a, a new research tool, and I think it's got probably the coolest homepage I've ever seen. So go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's actually pretty cool. And it was actually posted on a, on a Facebook group that I'm in earlier today by Grant Simmons, I believe, posted it. And it's really pretty awesome. It's called answerthepublic.com. And it was posted as kind of a keyword research tool, but I, also, I almost still look at it more like a topical research tool. And if you get a chance, go in. It's The homepage is just amazing. It's a, it's a looping video of this just guy standing there looking very bored. It, it sounds boring, but it's actually just mesmerizing. <laughs> it really is. But, but you go in and you, you put in a search phrase, and you have to select which country. It's, I think it's based on the UK because the default is UK, but you can easily switch it to the US or Australia. There's like five or six countries you can switch it to. And you switch it to your country, put in your search phrase, and what it returns is a list of – when I searched for SEO, there was like 150 questions about that topic. So it's not necessarily a – search tool that you're used to or just gives you a list of related keywords it gives you a bunch of questions about the topic and from digging into it a little bit because i'm really interested in knowing where they get their source data it looks like it's pulling it from google and being suggest right and the questions related to how why when where tied to your keyword so it really opens up the way to th you think about doing keyword research and topic research it's, it's really to me pretty cool pretty groundbreaking and I'm not sure how long it's been around, if it's something that's just kind of been a, a secret tool that people have been using or if it's newly launched. I don't know that. 
Yeah, I don't know. I've never heard of it either. I think I just love the homepage. Anyway, the one thing they mentioned here, they do mention the Google and Bing, how it's a goldmine of insight for today's marketers. They talk about Ubersuggest and KeywordTool.io, other ones that do, you know, they provide some example of examples of the auto-suggest content. From what I'm gathering, yeah, you're right. I think they are taking it from Bing and Google, but they, of course, they haven't really specified that. Uh, just right. uh, assuming that from what I'm reading here. And actually, it hasn't worked for me yet. I'm still trying to find something. So have you gotten good results then? Yeah, it's actually, if, if I just put in SEO US, and it came back with 150-some questions. And it actually displays them in a really interesting graphic. Basically, they've built it to where you can download the graphic. It's, or you can show it in a data form where it shows the list of questions. It also does two different other types of search. First, it'll just give you the basic questions. It'll also then do questions alphabetized so you know how sometimes back in the old days you remember this ross back in the old days of keyword research or just topic research you would put in like a keyword and space in the letter a and this is and what we're talking about using google suggests and what comes after you know keyword letter a keyword letter b keyword letter c and you do this to kind of see what terms are showing up related to these terms they do this tool does that automatically for you and it's it's some very interesting um, results in there as well mm-hmm well, I always love a new tool if, if it's got some use to it, and this looks like it's kind of cool. So I will give it a shot. Again, again the, it's answerthepublic.com is the, is the URL to the tool. Yeah, cool. So something else that sort of caught my eye today, and I, I thought this was pretty cool, was this uh, article in Search Engine Land called Top Nine Reasons That Google Suspends Local Listings. And of course, it's very topical to me these days because uh, although I luckily haven't had anyone get you know, suspended, I'm always interested in hearing what Google does penalize. And uh, it's interesting. They've got nine points here. First of all, Google won't tell you why you got suspended. That's always helpful. Uh, pretty standard, I guess. The old school <laughs> way of doing things, right? <laughs> always helpful being, <laughs> being sarcasm there, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, I'm never sarcastic. Not at all. <laughs> okay, so one, number one, is your website field contains a forwarding URL. I can't imagine anyone doing that, but you know what? Uh, anyone who, quote unquote, wants to track the traffic, I guess, might do that, thinking they're all smart, but that ain't going to work. Have you seen that, John? Yeah, they also do the same thing with phone numbers, right? So they don't want forwarding phone numbers, like tracking call tracking numbers, 800 numbers that go to another place. Same thing. Which is ridiculous. They should offer some way for you to do that, even if it's using their own system. Yeah, there's semi, semi-usable workarounds using alternate phone numbers in the listings and stuff, but none of them are really that great when it comes to tracking because they always display the main phone number. That's the one people call. Yeah. The next one is you're adding extra keywords to your business name field. And, and I find this kind of funny, actually. There's an article on, again, Search Engine Land, and it's actually from the same person, Joy, or was it Joy? Joy Hawkins? Yes, Joy Hawkins. And it says, Dear SEOs, please stop spamming Google Maps. <laughs> it's talking about how everyone's <laughs> stuffing the title tag with keywords to get the rankings, which, yes, unfortunately still works. But, yeah, you can get suspended. So, don't. Another one, number three, is you're a service area business that didn't hide your address. Huh. Yeah, yeah there's some service area businesses that have physical locations that would want their addresses shown. So this one kind of confuses me. I'd have me to too. read it in a little bit detail, more detail. 
According to guidelines, in this article it says, according to their guidelines, you should only show your address if customers show up at your business address, which is fine. If you're an auto dealer, people show up at your business address, but you're also servicing an area much wider than maybe just your local community. So this is one of those ones that is kind of iffy to me. Yeah, just reading more of it. This means any non-verified listing that appears on Google Maps for a service area business can get removed. Non-verified. And their views and photos will disappear. Hmm, weird. Anyway, I'm not sure about that one. I've got clients that have service areas and a physical location, so I don't see what the problem is. Yeah, anyway. Maybe they're talking about, maybe they're talking about, no, I, was, I just answered my own question. I don't think they're talking about that either. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yep. So, no, I, I, I was going to say, I think maybe they're talking about like people that, that are doing service area businesses that are based out of their home and where you do want to hide your address. To me, you want to hide your address if you don't want people showing up at your physical location because you're, you're doing business out in the public. So you go to the client's locations, right? Which makes a ton of sense. If you don't have people coming to your address, hide your address. But there are service area businesses that don't rely on people just going out to other locations. So this is an interesting one. Mm -hmm. The next is that you have multiple verified listings for the same business. According to the guidelines, do not create more than one page for each location of your business, either in a single account or multiple accounts. (laughs) Well, most of the time, this is because of Google. (laughs) Because how often were they doing it where you're creating separate ones for you? during that whole mess when Google Plus... Yeah, but they, they, but they ask you not to create more than one. Google can create as many for your business as they want. It's up to you, <laughs> to, with you. to claim them all and, and put them all together. But you, you can't go out and claim more than one. <laughs> <sighs> I, it's my pet peeve. I've got a few clients that I'm having to fix all this stuff for because yeah, yeah it just gets unwieldy. And then, of course, they have the brand pages versus places pages. And, oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. Despise how they've got it set up. It is. Before we get to number five, let's take a quick break. and we come back, we'll talk about how your business type is sensitive or not allowed on Google+. Ooh. <laughs> what the? <laughs> be right back. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at wmetraining.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. 
Is buying something that is made in the USA important to you? How do you know that it really is made in the USA? Certified Inc. is the only supply chain audit company on the planet which qualifies country of origin labeling. If it's important to you as a consumer to know where the products you buy and use in your own home come from, then it's also important for your customers. Visit us at madeinusa.net and find out more. Go to madeinusa.net because it's that important. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc., and Chief Dramatist. So, uh, <laughs> um, yes, let's see here. So I want to know what kind of notes. business type you were thinking about when you went, ooh, before the break. <laughs> or maybe I don't. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I don't. Yes, your business type, number five, your business type is sensitive or not allowed on Google+. Apparently, Google recently, this is thanks to Joy's note here, suspended, uh, now it's a soft suspension, meaning they can get, <laughs> they can get back, a gun shop. Business type is apparently not allowed on Google+. And since every verified listing is automatically on Google+, uh, the only option is for them to have an unverified listing on Google Maps. Wow. That's that's yeah. so Google. There are definitely... <laughs> it's like it's weird because it's a, it's a good point, though, because there's, there's some businesses that... Like you can't, if you're in Colorado, for instance, and you opened up a marijuana dispensary, which is perfectly legal in Colorado and Oregon and a number of states in the United States now, you still cannot do this on Google Plus. You cannot advertise in Google AdWords, even though your business is perfectly legal where you are. But because it isn't legal federally across the United States, Google's not allowing you to, to, to be participate. And, and all their different little business-oriented types of services, right? It's it, So they've got very specific things you can and can't do from business types. Guns was kind of interesting. I think that you can – I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think there's a difference between selling guns and selling ammunition. I can't remember how that works Yeah, when it I comes to Google. The whole thing seems convoluted to me, but I guess that's their world. Yep. Number six, you were, you created a listing at a virtual office or mailbox. Oh my gosh, how common is that? I mean, and most of the time, <laughs> and I get this all the time. We're like, well, can't I have a virtual office? Oh, yeah. Sometimes they come to me with them, and it's just like, oh, I, it doesn't. It just doesn't work. I mean, if you do get it to work, it's not going to work for very long, and also you're at risk of being caught. And if you're caught, well, you could have a hard suspension for any kind of Google listing, which is not going to be good for business. So mm -hmm. let's define let's define virtual office, though, Ross, because there's different types of workspaces nowadays that are that, that need to be considered. Like there's the uh, co-working spaces that a lot of people use for their businesses now. That's technically that's kind of a virtual. You know, if you wanted to find virtual office spaces, but that's not what we're talking about, right? What are we talking about when we say virtual office? Virtual offices are ones where you've got a so-called address at an office building, but really all it is is a post office box inside, or perhaps some workspace you can show up at and meet with a client once in a while in an office that's manned. That's the key here. It has to be manned during normal business hours. There has to be someone there to receive someone, and that's actually how one of my client's competitors got around it. They have a office 
I can't call it a virtual office because they actually have someone to actually answer that are there. So it just has another person offsite, right. and it's worth it. You know, you think about it. You just have another person. And these days, you can be so connected over the internet. They could be doing all their normal work, but they happen to be opening another spot for you and giving you the ability to get business from another area. If, if you get enough, if your return on investment is high enough, that's a no-brainer. Yep. Absolutely. And I think that's key. If you actually look at the definition of Google of what constitutes a local business, and I don't have the quote in front of me, basically it's what Ross just said. You have to have a place where customers can come and meet you physically for during your open business hours. And that's what defines a local business in the eyes of Google. And if if someone can't show up and say, hey, you're not a business. Unless, of course, you're a service area business, and then that opens up a whole other can of worms. <laughs> I was just thinking, wouldn't it be funny if you had, I wonder what their limits are. Because could you have an office that is, yes, you're manned over during your business hours, but your business hours are from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. But, but oh, no, you have to I just gave out a tactic. <laughs> You have to list those in your business profile so people that actually looked you up on Google Maps say, oh, crap, it's 9.30. I missed them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you just have some command, you know, call, call me at this number outside of business hours. There you go. Up till this point. I don't know. <laughs> that would be funny. I'd love to see if that's being done. I'm, I'm, I'm sure everything's being done, but that I'm curious. I'm totally curious. Yeah. Um, number seven, you created a listing for an online business without a physical storefront. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have to have an address. I'm not sure how you could actually get anywhere with that one. So here's a question for you, right? Let's say you're a a local band, right? So you're you're a local band. You play the local bars, right? You you make money. You're a business. You don't have a physical storefront, so you'd be you'd be considered a service area business, I guess. I mean, you do have a website. So you're an online business without a physical storefront. Hmm. It doesn't that fit the service area thing too? I think the fact that you're, uh, I don't know. I mean, you could technically list your location and just use a service area. But in this case, I don't think they even have a service area. You're just saying you're an online business completely. But I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm throwing out as devil's advocate, but I think I agree that that should not be listed in Google Maps, a local band, right? So if you think about all that stuff that I just said, then you go to the maps. At what point do you want to find a physical location for a local band in maps? Unless you're trying to figure out where they're playing that night, there's not any real way to do that. So it makes a lot True. of sense that that you're not going to have that local band actually have a local business profile that shows up on maps. Yeah, it would have fits, to hope. fits into the service area model. Yeah, you would just have to hope that Google either has you know, builds in the, the appropriate algorithms that you can be found in local searches. So you'd have to make sure that your content on your site is is locally oriented to make up for that. You won't be able to show up in Google Maps, but at least you'll be able to search for local search terms. It'd be available in local search terms, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay, so number eight, you run a service or class that operates in a building that you don't own. Service or class. For example, my church, this is the example that Joy gives here. My church has a, an AA uh, group that meets there weekly. Yeah, okay. They would not be eligible for a listing on Google Maps. Yeah. All right. Well, that makes good sense. <laughs> yeah. Because the church is probably already listed on Google Maps for, as a church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. There we go. Fair enough. Number nine. 
You didn't do anything wrong, but the industry you are in is cluttered with spam, so the spam filters are tighter. Yeah, no doubt. Um, in fact, in that one where she's talking about as please SEOs, please stop spamming Google Maps. She talks about Toronto, and the irony is is one of the dealios I was working on last week. I was doing some research and trying to figure out how this competitor was doing so well. It was spam, Toronto area. It just it gets down to the point where these companies, I think, someone leads with the spam, and then the other companies realize there's no way they can compete unless they also join in. And that's mm-hmm. the sad reality when it gets to these really competitive spheres. And uh, then, so what what would constitute spam in local search for for our 101 style listeners, right? So how, I'm not saying how do you spam because I don't want to teach people how to spam, but what would constitute spam? In local search. Well, in this case, we're talking about people using false addresses. In fact, they've got a list here. False addresses, keyword stuffing, multiple listings for the same address, different address, you know, (laughs) probably trying to do things like I live at 2121A, 2121B, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, pretty basic stuff. Yeah, the virtual office well, across is the closest gray area, though. Yeah, I've run across some pretty sophisticated local search spam techniques that are still working today that are pretty amazing. So it does exist. And most of it that I've seen has to do with false addresses. You know, business doesn't really exist. Yeah. Well, the one that I've seen recently that has, frankly, has me in awe. I can't share it because it's actually some pretty interesting info. They're a service company out of Toronto. They have multiple. Lo- they have. They've got multiple location pages. They only technically have one location though in, in downtown Toronto. But they've managed to get top rankings, top visibility in search, not Google Maps, no, but in search for location-based pages that have no address. Now, these lo- the reason that's so amazing to me is they're actually beating out ones who do have addresses in those areas. <laughs> Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You, you, you just said local search, not match, I know. right? I know, but you're talking, talking about local search, so, though. So address, yeah, but the address wouldn't have any play on that whatsoever. Why, so why Are you is sure that it doesn't have spam? anything whatsoever? I, I don't believe that in most cases. Well, yeah. so, it, okay, maybe not any, I wouldn't say nothing whatsoever. Okay, you're right there. So, but a, a NAP, the NAP address in organic search, the NAP is not, any more valuable to the page than any other targeted text on the page, right? Where in local search, the NAP is separated from relevant contextual information, and it's it's given its own ranking, its own weighting. In organic search, that address isn't treated any different than any other text on the page, right? So yeah, it's going to help a little bit if it's there, if someone searches for the address or the city, right? But it doesn't get any extra weight any more than any of the, the base content of the page does. So if they're creating a bunch of great content about cities, whether they have an address or not, if they got better content about or better local content than any of their competitors, they're going to do better in organic search, period. And that's the sad thing is they don't. I, I Honestly, I'm in, I'm in awe. I really am. And the other thing, too, is, uh, you know, in, in, I do a lot of local searches in a given day. I don't normally, I mean, there's the odd exception where I see one, but most of the time that the ones that show up in a local-based search are ones that are truly local. They've got an address in that area. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a completely level playing field. If, you've got, if you're doing well on local in maps, 
Google has a certain certainty that you're in a specific area, I think you have a better chance of showing up in organic, classic organic. Anyway, it's impressive to me. I, I don't see that very often. I've seen ones that actually have physical locations in these areas, not do at all well. And, and I don't know. It's just, it's, it's bizarre. But that said, <laughs> I think it's time we take a quick break and we get back. We've got a bit more news to share. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Conversion Conference, the can't-miss CRO event of 2016. Join over 750 people from dozens of countries gathering in Las Vegas, May 18th and 19th, for the biggest industry-wide conversion event ever. Four parallel tracks of top content will allow you to personalize the exact topics that you want to focus on. Interact with expert speakers at informal networking events and birds of a feather lunch table topics. Meet dozens of leading CRO companies face-to-face in the expo hall. Get hands-on with pre-conference workshops and master classes. Join us for fun activities such as zip lining and Tim Ash's after party in the presidential suite. Oh yeah, did we mention that it's in Vegas, baby? May 18th and 19th, Conversion Conference last year sold out fast and it's expected to sell out again. So don't miss it. Go to conversionconference.com for details right now. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. All right. I'm still getting used to that Cranberry FM thing. It's it's going to be interesting for a while. Yeah, it sure is. So... And this is this is funny how we get into this now because we kind of segued into it unintentionally. But uh, I have a, a sort of discussion point. At what point does a network of sites become spam? See, let's say a, a t- I can't give a, it's hard for me because I can't give the name of it or, or anything. But a, a whole bunch of sites that have their you know, decent information are otherwise could stand alone, although some of them might be lead gen pages. Mm-hmm. Still, they they seem to be ranking okay, and 
they all carefully, and this is what impresses me the most, they seem to, not all of them, link to the same pages and such. such. So whoever's done it is familiar with SEO. But all in all, they seem to be backing up one single site that is unrelated to them. But it's showing up really well in very competitive search terms. And it's made me wonder, you know, at what point does this become spam? Well, because when you asked this question in our notes, maybe you thought when you said network of sites, because there's different ways sites yeah. can be networked for, together for different reasons, right? Yeah. I mean, take us, we have 12 sites that we manage and operate all in the same CMS, all run in the back same systems, all of them are news sites. I would consider our sites a network of sites, even though they don't interlink a lot together. They do share content from time to time that we syndicate it across our sites occasionally. So there are connections that could easily identify us as a network of sites. We're all owned by the same people. We're all probably sitting on a very similar C-class IP block, those kind of things. So when you're talking about a network of sites here, when it relates to spam, you're talking about a group of sites created specifically for the purpose of what? Okay, I, I came up with a good example. So the closest example I can give you is, is let's say it's a car sales company. And they've created... Some sites are simply designed to attract people to send in their request for, I don't know, let's say a deal on a Mercedes. The next one, the next site might be a Beamer. And they're really, there's limited content on them, but they're well optimized and they're how certainly they, out there. How are they connected? You say they're a network. How they are don't they connect to each other. They don't connect to each other, but they may say, uh, this is one of, this is a site in the car sale network, whatever you want to call it. And then that would link back to the car sale main page. Then they have other pages that are forums. They have other sites that are, sorry, not pages, sites that are forums. And they have other sites that are a whole bunch of articles and content about specific Mercedes callbacks or whatever those are called, factory returns. And then another one being Beamers. It's just obvious that a lot of the stuff could easily be in one site. There's literally 50 sites. Or was it more than that? I think we might have found 80. There's a lot of them. And they're not all pointing it's clever. Some of them point to each other, but then one points back to the main site that we're concerned about. I don't know. To is me, there, this looks link, like something there, Google would hate, but uh, it's hard to say. Is there like link wheel activity going on? Is there some of those common, you know, historical link building tactics that are not user Google friendly? Or is it strictly? Because here's the thing. To me, one of two things is happening here. Someone's being very strategic about the way they're doing this to try to support this one main site from a link perspective or someone's being very strategic trying to get very detailed focused sites so that site itself does better in search right so it depends on it would be really interesting to look at the analytics because you either have a goal of you want to distribute your content as far and wide as possible and you're really into domain authority and you're really into a match match exact match domains and those kind of things so you have a bunch of sites um and you're trying to just to get a bunch of sites into the index so you get traffic that way or you're building a bunch of sites to, to funnel in a bunch of link juice a bunch of authority and weight into one primary site either tactic in my opinion is probably not as good as what you said earlier ross if you had all that stuff on one primary site you're going to do better overall anyway whether it's spam or not at this point I don't know. If it doesn't work, does it matter if it's spam? <laughs> but it does work. In this case, it seems that these are the majority of the links propping this site up. 
you know, all the, the quota, and they've got decent, like you use a thing like a Moz tool or anything like that. I, mean, I take all these with a grain of salt, but they all have seem to have a good trust factor, these sites somehow, I think because of the activity on them. But they've used it to prop up this other site, and it's like, hmm, I don't know. So which, which site is showing up in the search results for the Mercedes recall queries? It would be in the top 20, maybe, uh, maybe 10 to 20 range, the, the Mercedes recall one. And then but they, the the main site, the carsale.com or whatever, and, and I, I'm not saying that because that's the site, but that's the example. It is doing very well from the authority from all these sites. You know why, don't you? Because Penguin hasn't hit yet. As <laughs> <laughs> no soon doubt. as Penguin comes out and we can hunt unicorns again. <laughs> well said. Yeah, I know. It's, anyway, I'm finding a lot of these these days because I'm doing so much local analysis and I'm finding so many sites that are doing well that are that are using tactics that I would never recommend and I, I'm surprised still exist, really. And yeah, then I get I my mean, clients asking, hey, should I report them? I'm like, well, it's up to you. I mean, I never say do it, but I do say it's up to you. Why, and Why don't you say do it? I'd say do it. Why don't you say do it? Karma, perhaps. I say it's up to them. I'm not going to tell them. I'm giving them the, the ammunition if they want to do it. There's one yeah. example of a client right now I'm telling them to do it. Only one. <laughs> I, I can't think of a reason not to tell them to do it. What do you mean by karma? I mean, if you're not doing anything bad yourself, karma is not going to come back and bite you. <laughs> it's. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. It seems like a cop-out. Tell them to do it. So, yeah, well, like I said, there is one I'm telling you to do it, and they actually told me to hold off because they – uh, their product's not ready, and they want to make sure they're in a, a very strategic position when they do it. I'm like, ooh, that's that's smart. <laughs> I like you guys. <laughs> okay. So, so Send me the list. Send me the freaking list. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> so let's uh, move on to this next piece before we uh, – actually, which of these next ones? Because we're pretty tight now on time. Which one do you think you'd want to run with? Uh, um, let's see. The AMP ones, real quick. I'll just do that one, and then you pick the next one. Just real quick, well, we've talked about AMP a couple of times on the show. Everybody knows it's in the news carousel. came out last week. Google says we're now moving it into the, the standard news listings on mobile. So you're going to start seeing it in the regular listings, not just in that carousel. If you're in a news publish, publishing space and you're not up to speed with AMP yet, like my team's taking way too much time getting us there. Anyway, it's, it's expanding beyond carousel. It's becoming more and more critical that you're there in the amp space. So do it. Excellent. Okay. One thing I wanted to mention is next week, or not next week, as of the 29th through for the next few days, I'll be in Orlando at the American Association of Orthodontists trade show for my uh, other company, first.dentist, F-I-R-S-T dot dentist. Anyway, anyone out there listens to the show, wants to uh, connect for a coffee or something, let me know. Uh, you can reach me See, via Ross at stepforth.com. So you did invite people. You invited them to coffee. I was going to say, are you going to any amusement parks while you're there? Orlando is like the amusement park headquarters of the planet. I would love to, but we're just floored, like just constantly at our trade show. So, oh, well, that's okay. You're you're floored on the trade show floor. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) I also got to be careful how much much fun I have without the family. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't go back home and bring bring your little kids. You know, here's some Mickey Mouse ears. Like you could have yeah, yourself really with me. <laughs> All evidence must be erased. No, I won't have any time for that. Yes. I wish I would, but it's going to be. Hopefully, we'll just be very successful trip. That's all I want. 
But uh, anyway, the the next bit here. Yeah, you were talking about this. This is, of course, it's all we're all sad that uh, we lost Prince last week. I still can't quite believe that, but this is kind of interesting. I want you to lead with this. So apparently, and this is interesting because of the fact that they started doing this on the 19th, which was before we lost Prince. Google's testing purple AdWord ad tags and local map markers. And when we first saw this, Ross's first thing, oh, it's just a dedication to Prince, which makes perfect sense if they wouldn't have started doing it before he died. So Ross, yes. what was your theory? They knew. They knew. Google killed Prince. That's what we're saying. We're going on record right now as saying that maybe not, but possibly. No, not Google. <laughs> not Google. It was no. rank brain. Rank brain. Oh, rank brain knew it. Rank yeah. brain figured it out. It's Google sentient. brain figured out Prince was going to die. Oh, no. <laughs> Man, they could have done something. They should have. They should have. They actually, yeah. did you see the logo that they did? I actually just all teasing aside. I thought the logo they did with the the purple Google logo with the the very subtle raindrops behind it was actually one of the best Google logos I've seen in a long time. Yeah, they did. They did a great job. Good, amazing dude. I'm glad he's getting so many props. I was a little disappointed Google Play didn't yeah. put all the stuff on sale like they did for uh, the, what was his name? Bowie. Yeah, Bowie. Yes, thank you, Bowie. Yes. Yeah. What what really amazed me, and I even posted it on Facebook, that sometimes the internet really comes through for you is within 45 minutes to an hour after they the, the news broke that prince had passed he was topping the itunes charts i mean it was that quick it was like within an hour or so people were so like sad they, they wanted to hear his music that he was topping the itunes charts which was amazing i, I was very proud to see that very very cool well on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page, easily found by searching SEO 101 on Google Plus. Have a great week, and remember <laughs> to tune into future episodes, which are at 11 a.m. or no, not 11 a.m. It's a new time. Whoa, new time. 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Thursday on cranberry.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody. Opinions expressed on this Cranberry Radio program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry Media. Any redistribution of this content without proper consent is prohibited. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today.